0: you're listening to bad trip the true crime and other weird shit podcast where two sisters take you on a wild ride through some of the world's most fucked up places each episode we journey to a new location and explore its sordid past creepiest urban legends and landmarks you won't find in the guidebooks so buckle up because it's about to be a bad trip
1: We interrupt this program because the civil authorities have issued a contagious
0: disease warning.
1: Number one, where is your emergency?
0: The U.S. Navy has finally acknowledged that video is appearing to show UFOs flying through the air are real.
1: Initially, many thought the pops they heard. Uh, were fireworks associated with the show, but soon it became obvious that this was an attack.
0: Hello. Welcome back to Bad Trip. Hi, here we are again. And we're back in the state of New York. Yas, it's um another long episode. Yeah, so um I'm Shauna. I'm Taylor. And we always forget to introduce ourselves. We do, we do. Today, what are we going to talk about? Ooh, so I'm going to tell you some weird laws
1: and some pit stops that are cool that you can check out. And then what are
0: you going to tell us? I'm going to tell you a really wild murder story. I love a wild murder story. Yeah, it's a recent one, so it's like a little heavy, Oh, but it's really wild. Okay, well, I don't love that, but you know. Yeah, but before we get into it, I'm going to do a little disclaimer. So this is a true crime podcast, but it's not a super serious one. We do want to treat stories with the respect they deserve, and we don't want to like make fun of victims or anything like that. But we are going to make jokes and stupid jokes, like whatever, We're we're dumb. We're going to mispronounce things and laugh about it for 400 hours. Yeah, and we're definitely going to be swearing up a storm. So if you're not cool with that, That's fine, but this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, you can just find the exit and don't let the door hit you on the way out. If you are on board, then let's talk about some weird shit. Then welcome.
1: So, okay, we're going to start with weird laws, like I said. Today we're going to do, it's like kind of like we normally do, but I just want to talk about Mad Libs for a second. Okay. I looked up Mad Libs on Urban Dictionary just to see like, what is a Mad Lib? And here is one of the definitions I found. From
0: the most reliable dictionary
1: on earth. Yes, by James Stardust Bond. Okay. That was the the contributor on Urban Dictionary. So, Mad Lib, the absolute best game of all time. Better than Monopoly, Sorry, or any other shitty game you could come up with. Could replace the Old Testament with little to no effort.
0: Oh my God. Isn't that hilarious? I love that. Was that written in like 2004? I think it was like 2006. Cause I'm like, sorry. Like, is that even a game that exists anymore? That is mine and dad's like favorite game. Oh, I know. We love it. <laughs>
1: okay, so we're doing Mad Libs today. Not really Mad Libs, I'm sure it's trademarked. So we're doing Mad Lubs. I was gonna say Lad Mibs. Oh my God, Lad Mibs is good too. Yeah, Mad Libs sounds really gross. (laughs) I don't know why. Okay, so yeah, you're going to fill in the blank. Oh, you know what? I probably should have done like adjective, verb. No, I just put blanks. The reason I put it's like Mad Libs is because it's not just the law. I kind of like worked it into a sentence. You feel? Yeah.
0: Okay. It's extra challenging. Yeah, yeah. And I know that you like a challenge in a game. And I think I, I can figure it out with context clues, but also maybe not. You can. All right. Number
1: one. Stick to online dating because in New York, blank can cost you a $25 fine. Catcalling. Close. Flirting. What? Yep. Specifically, men are not allowed to turn around on the street and look at a woman in that way. That seems fair. I know, right? I'm like,
0: yeah, $25 fine. That's hilarious. I wonder when that law was written. I don't know. I wonder what made it be written. I wonder what that way specifically means. Yeah,
1: is it like an eye thing? Is it like when they lick their lips? Right, or are you like whipping your D out? <laughs> and That's the way you're looking at them. Ew. All right, well, um, good job. That was close. Number two, do you like Sunday Funday? Well, think again, because in New York, you're forbidden from walking around with an ice cream cone in your blank, blank. Oh, man. um, In your own yard. Ooh, that's good. Good guess. But it's actually, you're forbidden from walking around with an ice cream cone in your back pocket.
0: Oh. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Okay. Honestly, I guessed a bad guess because no one has a yard in New York. That's true. Unless, you know, you're in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't think the cops are like waiting for you to have an ice cream cone in your back pocket, though,
0: as they are in the city. (laughs) Oh, you know, this is why the police have so much money is so they can stop these about, criminals. Stop criminals who carry ice cream in their back pocket.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number three. Having a down day? Will cheering passersby be the ticket to happiness? Great. Just don't put a blank blank on in your window because it's definitely illegal in New York.
0: Um. Can I just have you read me that one more time? Yes. Do you want, like, the full shebang? I just want the first part before the blanks. Oh, wait. That's everything. <laughs> okay, I,
1: I just want the first half. Having a down day? Will cheering passersby be the ticket to happiness? Great. Just don't put a blank blank on in your window because it's definitely illegal in New York.
0: Mm, a jockstrap.
1: Oh, my gosh. That should be illegal to do in your window it's actually a puppet show oh that's a lot more tame <laughs> no i don't know some i feel like a puppet show could be creepier sometimes
0: honestly if i was walking on the street and someone's doing a puppet show out their window i'd be fascinated but also a little concerned
1: uh, yes agreed um i have a bonus for you it will get you blank
0: days in jail 47 30 oh but that was close I don't know why they would pick something like 47, but people make stupider laws like ice cream in packet
1: packets. You can't sell those like space ice creams that have the Neapolitan in the packet. Yeah, you can't use those. (laughs) They're illegal now. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh shit. Here we go
0: mispronounce it again. I know. I was going to say, will there ever be an episode where we (laughs) (laughs) don't make like faux pas where we just can speak a full sentence and get all the way through it without dying? Literally never. Right. That was me croaking. Right.
1: <laughs> okay, so that's it for the weird laws that still exist. I like that format. I think you should keep doing that. Yeah, I will. I had fun like writing it and you know, sometimes I like add a little pizzazz to it, but a little butter, if you will. Yeah, spread a little Paula Dean's butter on that Biatch. Falcor's losing it right now. Oh my god. The cat is in here again with us and he's just like creeping around. Okay, are you ready to move on to some pit stops? Yes. All right,
0: mate. I'm sorry. Are we in Australia?
1: Oh, that bitch didn't turn on her Do Not Disturb.
0: Are we in Australia? Oh, yeah. I don't know what
1: I just did. No, never again. (laughs) I like got nervous and choked. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so moving on. Pit stop number one is the Brooklyn Art Library in Brooklyn, New York. So this place is dope. The Brooklyn Art Library, which opened in 2010, is a collaborative library of artists sketchbooks full of doodles and unformed ideas.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Yeah. So soon after it opened, the library featured more than 10,000 sketchbooks from 104 countries on six continents. Wow. And now it's home to almost 34,000 sketchbooks. That's
0: so cool. Where do they get them from? Okay, I'll tell you in a minute, but let me show you pictures first. Okay. If you want to check these pictures out for yourself, you can go to our episode guide at badtrippod.com or our Instagram at badtrippod. Check it. Now I'll show you. It literally looks like a library from college.
1: Right? With like old dusty books, but it's really all sketchbooks. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's like, well, I'll
1: just keep telling you about it. So the sketchbook project is not only open for people to go browse, but you can also contribute prospective contributors can sign up to receive a blank
0: sketchbook and they'll send it to you and you can like doodle in it and then you send it back. That's kind of cool, but it also kind of ruins the magic for me. If you know that you're going to be put in the museum. Well, no, not. That's not how it started, though. I know. Oh, okay. So that's why I feel like they're commercial now, man. Well, listen, I mean, look, rent in Brooklyn is expensive, so they've got to keep the new content flowing. Yeah, they do.
1: When the sketchbooks are added to the collection, each book is given a unique barcode that can be identified by artist, region, or even material. And they're all available to check out in the library for free. You can't, like, take any home, but they'll grab them for you if you want to look at them. Oh, That's fun. I would love to go spend a couple of hours there. I know. And actually, it's cool because, like, you can go to one of their iPads. I actually put this in here because I was like, whoa, that's dope. Um. You can go to one of the iPads and search the library's database for, like, super specific shit. The examples on Atlas Obscura were dirigibles and submersibles or things found on restaurant napkins. Oh, I love that. I know. It's, like, cute. I don't know cute. what the first one means. I know. I don't even know if I said dirigibles right, but... Dirigibles. Deary-jibbles. gibbles, <laughs> <laughs> Deary-jibbles. I think that's it. Deary-jibbles. Nailed it. And... Let's see. What was the other word? Submercibles. Submersibles. Oh, Subbrains. my God. And if you're interested in this, you can actually look because a lot of the sketches are available digitally on the Brooklyn Art Library website. OK, that's fun. I'm going to go check that out. I know. I want to. I actually haven't
0: looked at it yet. Oh, my God. Well, I looked at these photos. Oh, my God. OK, well, we will link that from our episode guide on our website.
1: Yeah. 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 So you can look there. The cat's back. He's so restless. All right. Pit stop number two is called Nona's of the World, and it's in Staten Island. So I had to talk about this restaurant, and I don't really want to do a lot of restaurants as pit stops because, like, you can look up restaurants and stuff. Yeah,
0: that's what Yelp is for. And there's, like, literal books for that shit.
1: Yeah, but this one was special and so wholesome, I had to talk about it. Joe Scaravella lost his mother in the early 2000s, and when he opened, Enoteca Maria, two years after his mom died he wanted to create a feeling of homey comfort in his restaurant. So this resulted in Scaravella staffing his kitchen with Italian grandmothers, a.k.a. Nona's. Because what's better than a meal that tastes just like grandma's? That's what it said online.
0: That's so cute. I wonder if they're all fighting about, like, um, no, you put this much garlic in. I don't think
1: they are. I'll explain. It's the real Nona's of Staten Island. In July 2015... Scaravella invited a Pakistani Nona to cook for a night, thus expanding the program into Nona's of the world. So it was like all Italian Nona's, and then he was like, let's throw some other places in there. Nona's from all backgrounds were invited to create a second menu. It would change constantly and have options that weren't just the classic Italian dishes. I want to go here so bad. I know. Oh, my God. So to date, Nona's of the world has featured cooks from Japan, Syria, France, Bangladesh, Venezuela, Poland, Greece, Turkey, Liberia, Kazakhstan, the Dominican Republic, Belarus, Pakistan, Italy, of course. And like, that's not even all of them. Holy
0: cow. There really
1: are Nona's all over the world. Nona's all over the world. And it's like really cute because two Nona's work in the kitchen at the same time. One will take lead as head chef and the other will be her sous chef meaning there could be a Greek Nona and a Middle Eastern Nona working side by side, learning from each other's recipes and techniques. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Yes. And the last thing I want to tell you is that Inoteka Maria has cooking classes for women only, giving another opportunity for cross-cultural recipe sharing and a chance to eat food made with love and Nona hands. Aw, women only, because only women belong in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Well, only women can be Nona's. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see a photo of like the outside and inside of the restaurant on, you know, where you find our photos. We just told you. And then you can see some Nona's working together.
0: Oh, they look lovely. Wholesome as fuck. They've got some sausages. They've got some potatoes. They're just cooking up a storm.
1: Hells yeah. I mean, yum. if you ever end up in Staten Island,
0: get some dinner from some Nona's. Man, I've been to Staten Island and I got pizza. It was Uh, was good, though.
1: Was it foldable? Yeah, but it was still good. Okay. I mean, I think New York pizza can be good. It just doesn't beat Chicago pizza, which, by the way, we're getting a bunch of Illuminati pizza (laughs) for Thanksgiving. We're doing Chicago pizza. Yeah,
0: because we can't be bothered to cook. And also, COVID's a thing. Yeah, so it'll be
1: easier just to eat pizza. All right, I have one final pit stop. And it
0: is the Rolling Hills Asylum in East Bethany, New York. Ooh, okay, I'm excited for this because we've been pretty wholesome so far and it's been lovely, but I'm ready for some fucked up shit because right? otherwise it's gonna be a complete 180 when we get to mine.
1: Yes, this is like a nice segue into your dark, heavy story. Okay, cool. Built in 1827, Rolling Hills was once called the Genesee County home slash poorhouse. Okay, that's rude. I know, right? So a poorhouse is. An institution where paupers were maintained with public funds, including orphans, widows, the
0: handicapped, and minor criminals. That's the definition. So if you're orphaned, you're treated the same as, well, I guess a minor criminal is probably like someone who stole or something. They're probably not really. Yeah. They're just poor and they stole something.
1: Yeah, and they're like, oh, it'll be easier to just put them here. It became much more than that, though. The staff did their best to keep unsafe patients away from the general population, which led to solitary confinement for a lot of the residents. Oh, this sounds like torture. Yeah, basically it is. Apparently, satanic rituals and black magic were both performed on the lot. And there are many, many unmarked graves. Oh, so people just died there and they dumped them? Yep. And didn't give them really, like, the burial or the respect that they deserve. That's so sad because they're like,
0: they don't have anyone, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, some people I saw were there from, like, one kid got dropped off when he was six and died when he was, like, 62. And like he was just there alone the whole time. Why well, wasn't he? Wasn't allowed to leave? No, it's like they like basically kept people. They were just like, you have to stay here now.
0: So because your parents died, now you're confined to this institution forever. I mean, I don't know necessarily with the orphans. I just know that that kid that was so messed up. I mean, he's probably like traumatized because he's in this horrible place. And you're like, well, you're not fit for the world. So. Right. I mean,
1: that's true. It's really, really terrible.
0: They even called a
1: lot of these people inmates. And there were a lot of, like, mentally insane people that they just locked away. So, you know, it was one of those just
0: horrible places that, ugh. God, it's like, if they could just have some Zoloft.
1: I know, seriously, like, take a Xanax, damn. And it was in 1800s, like, early-ish. I mean, not early, but, you know, 1820s, 1830s. So you can go here for a guided historical tour, a guided flashlight tour, And then you can add on a self-guided tour of three, four, five or eight hours, which is cool. So you can like, it just depends on like what you want to pay. You can add an eight hour tour to just walk around and explore. Can you ghost hunt there? Yeah, like you can bring EVPs, you can rent out equipment from them. You can also book a private tour, which is cool. And I want to read you just some of the following EVPs that have been heard. And these are quotes from like their website please stay in your room kill them oh god a small child's voice saying oh thank you oh and an
0: organ playing nope don't like that one
1: like you can't hear an organ in your ears but then you hear it when you're playing it back on your fucking recorder
0: you're telling me this house had what was it an organ sorry i was gonna say piano but that wasn't right <laughs> You're telling
1: me this poor house had an organ? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: tried to say it so many times.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Also, hulking shadow people have been seen here.
0: Not skinny ones, hulking ones. Hulking.
1: Like, they're scary. I mean, I don't know what's scary, like a really skinny, creepy shadow. Ooh, or like, like man style? Yeah, like lanky and wiggly. Ooh, I think, honestly, they're equally bad. You're right. Okay, last thing, people have had weddings here. so Yeah, I need to show you some photos immediately.
0: That's fucked up. Yeah. That's like having a wedding on a plantation, which I know is also a thing people do, but it's a fucked up thing people do.
1: It's like, why don't you just not? Okay, so you can see a photo of the outside and like one of the rooms, eerie, and also like a bunch of ghost tour people have... It's like literally one of the most haunted places ever. Okay,
0: I think I've heard of it maybe... On a podcast. Oh,
1: for sure. i think, and that's why we drinked it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um. So then there is a freaking shadow person. It looks like Bigfoot. I don't see any inverted knees on that bitch. Bigfoot doesn't have inverted knees. Oh, I'm,
0: I'm thinking of the Beast of Bray Road. That looks creepy, but it also just looks like it could be a person. Well, right, but it's not. Okay.
1: Okay, here's the weddings. View the groom in this photo. Are you wondering if he's in the coffin? Because... He is in
0: the coffin. Of course, these are all white people. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's just start at the beginning. So this one has the groomsmen and bridesmaids surrounding a coffin. And the bride is sitting on top of the coffin and the husband, the groom, is inside of it pretending to be dead. And they're all just like, some of them look forlorn, but the bride looks really happy. Yeah, she's lit. Okay, well, the second one's just like kind of a cutesy outdoor setup. Is that like tarot or something?
1: Yeah, I don't really know. It's like, just like spooky blanket or, you know, a little tablecloth thing.
0: Um, Okay, the third one is where this really shines. So this is like a black and white photo that has been blurred to the tits and has two little girls in matching red dresses holding hands and walking away into like this mist. And it like, I
1: mean, they're probably like little flower girls or like little whatevers yeah. of the wedding. And they look like they're the two... I mean, it gives me vibes of the two girls in The Shining. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um,
0: And it's really badly edited. And what does it say at the bottom? That's just like the photographer's little thing. <laughs> I remember that font. Yeah.
1: com. It's in that one, too, with the coffin. I It's... Okay.
0: It's illegible. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's illegible. So... Those are Muppet Stops. Wow, that was a journey. Yeah, check these places out. I mean, go here, have an exhausting day, go get some food from Nona. Maybe don't get married at this place. Yeah, maybe get married elsewhere. Like, this is close to Niagara Falls, I'm pretty sure. So just pick, a, like, a nice place around the falls. Yeah,
0: I don't know why I draw the line at a wedding, but I'm like, oh yeah, ghost hunting's totally fine. That's, like, well, maybe hypocritical, but... Maybe, but I guess, like, uh, I don't know. But that's my opinion, so whatever.
1: So whatever. Okay, Um, I'm ready for your wacky, weird, wild tale of a moida. Okay, I'm going to let Falcor out first. Okay, break. Eep, eep.
0: Take one, action. All right, so today I'm going to tell you just a story. It's going to go a lot of places, so we're just going to follow that thread and just listen. Okay. Okay. I'm here for this journey. All right, so... We're going to start with this man. His name is Stephen Platel. <laughs> terrified. Stephen Walter Playdell was born in 1975 in Levittown, New York, which is on Long Island. And he was one of six kids. But aside from that, I could not really find much information about his childhood. Okay. But I do have a picture of him
1: as a teen. Ooh, let's see this teen Stephen. I see he likes hockey. The Mighty Ducks, I believe. <laughs> that's their logo d3 the mighty (laughs) ducks that is killer okay so he's like a mouth breather he has like a middle part with some little wavy bangs brown hair he's like you know skinny teenager he has some pretty
0: prominent brows yeah he has a big old brow bone yeah big old brow bone a big old brow bone (laughs) sounds like something you'd order at a southern restaurant
1: hey can I get the shrimp and
0: grits in the side of a big old brow bone (laughs) (laughs) oh man Okay, so uh, that's Steven. Hi, Steven. In 1995, at the age of 20 years old, we learned that Steven's not great because Steven met a girl on the internet named Alyssa. Okay. Alyssa was only 15. Nope. So he was 20, she was 15, and she lived in Texas. But that didn't stop Steven. He groomed her, and then he went and visited her in Texas and convinced her to move to New York with him. Ew, wait, where were her parents? They were, like, very against this, but I guess- not enough to like physically stop her. I i hope it wasn't one of those fucking parents
1: that were like, Well, she's gonna do what she wants anyway, so let's just let her go and then she won't hate us. And it's like, no, she's gonna hate you when she like gets murdered in a couple years.
0: <sighs> this will be a theme. Oh, so okay. um yeah, so her parents like didn't even want them to meet at all. Oh, so they knew about him before he ever visited. That's my understanding. It's not super clear, but I think so. Okay. So, yeah, so she agrees. She was an impressionable teenager and she was like, okay, this will be fun. I'm in love. Cool. Yeah, and she's like, I'm in Texas. How fun would it be to go to New York? Yeah. So they moved in together and very quickly she realized that Stephen was not a good guy. So major trigger warning for this next part. Stephen verbally and emotionally abused her, threatening to kill himself if she left him. And as Alyssa put it, he was a special kind of scary. He was reclusive. He was violent toward animals. And he couldn't hold down a job, forcing her to work multiple jobs at a time. I fucking hate this guy. Why are you going to be violent towards animals? Yeah. um, There were details there that are very disturbing, but I'm not going to include them.
1: Oh, I mean, like all the other stuff, too. Like, fuck you for all the things. But
0: God, animals can't do anything to defend themselves. Yeah. Well, really, neither can 15-year-old girls very often. I mean, that's very true. So not long after moving to New York, Alyssa got pregnant with Stephen's baby. Shit. Are you surprised? No. She gave birth to a beautiful baby girl who they named Denise. Mm, Denise. nice nice Is that from that Key and Peele sketch? Yeah. I love that. Okay. Uh, so that was a, a happy moment, but this is going to get dark again. Okay, quick. great. Enjoy that sprinkle. So unfortunately, things got even worse from there. And this is another trigger warning this time for child abuse. Mm. Skip ahead like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. Steven was physically abusing their daughter, Denise, and he would pinch her skin until it bruised. <gasps> And he would also it was basically like he just hated having a baby because they cry a lot and they're needy and he just like couldn't fucking deal with it. Wouldn't deal with it, not couldn't. Uh he would also cover her mouth to muffle her cries <sighs> and sometimes stick her in a cooler and close it to get her to shut up or to like mute the noise. What? Yeah. And then of course the mom would like be like, What the fuck? But she was also terrified of him.
1: Oh my god, also imagine if he was ever like alone with the baby. What the fuck?
0: yeah oh oh my skin is crawling yeah and you know Alyssa is still a teenager she's 17 at this point like she's not equipped to be a mom and to handle this situation
1: the thing that like grosses me out I mean literally everything about what you just said grosses me out but like the pinching till bruising thing is that doesn't happen in like a second so he's like continuously thinking of like not even like not that it's better but I'm mad and I had a burst of anger and I, like, smacked you. Right, it's it's a very intentional... Yeah, and it's like you're thinking about it and thinking, like, this is a good idea that I'm doing this and I'm going to do it until it bruises. Like, what?
0: It's really terrible. So, yeah, she was 17, he's 22. Alyssa was afraid that no one would believe her about the abuse because she was younger and she was just, you know, very vulnerable. She didn't know anyone. Scared as shit. Yeah, and on top of that, they were really poor. So she... I was going to say they struggled to make ends meet, but really she struggled to make ends meet because mm-hmm. he didn't do anything. Yeah. So I imagine he probably was alone oh, with the baby a lot.
1: Oh, uh Yeah. Oh, God. Now I'm just thinking of the mom coming home and the baby, her being like, where's the
0: baby? And oh, it's horrible. The baby's like crying in the cooler. It's so horrible to think. Okay, so. Okay, I'm sweating. All right. So Alyssa made the extremely difficult decision to give Denise up for adoption when she was eight months old.
1: Oh, my God. I'm literally so proud of her. I can't even like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Holy shit. Because after eight months, like that's got to be so hard because you're attached to this kid. Like, oh, my God. But also you're like, I know she won't have a good life ever. Yeah. And that's exactly what she said. She told the Associated Press that, quote, it was so hard to give her up, but I had to because I wanted her to live and be happy.
1: Oh, my God. That's heartbreaking. I like can't imagine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so unfortunately, Alyssa and Steven stayed together. And several years later, when they were a little more stable financially, they went on to have some more kids. No. So they had two more kids. And according to her, he was never physically abusive to these kids, but he was psychologically abusive. OK. So he would always be angry. Like they had to walk on eggshells around him. He would, you know, smash glasses, punch holes in walls like the typical angry guy stuff. And terrifying and even if he's not physically abusive, you're yeah. like, what, one centimeter away from him being? Right. And I don't want to say like the typical angry guy stuff to like downplay it. I just mean like that's like. It's a pattern. Yeah. If you do that shit, it's not typical angry guy stuff and you should go to therapy, please.
1: Yeah. Please just everyone go to therapy. Everyone.
0: everyone. I need to make everyone. an appointment. Mm. Oh, me too. Ooh. It's been way too long. Okay.
1: Also Election. This is coming out after the election, but I'm saying that because we don't know the results. Oh, not yeah. Just like, oh, the election. We're cause... recording this on election day. Yes. So whatever the results, pray for us all.
0: Yeah. Ooh. OK. So this household was a very toxic environment and they had two daughters and it just wasn't a good situation. By 2016, Alyssa and Steven had separated and they were still living together and raising their two kids together. But they were like you know, going to go through a divorce. Zoinks. How
1: does that work when it's such already like a tumultuous situation? I know. Yeah, it's really
0: tough. But um, it's not like you're a great co-parent. It's like you're a fucking lunatic. Yeah, you'd rather just have them not be there.
1: Right. Like, I wish they could afford to move out and be on their own, which I'm assuming is a big reason why. Also, she was probably terrified.
0: And again, like, he's not working like still. He's yeah. Had, he's had jobs, but he can't hold down a job. So she's paying the rent. She's paying the bills. Like it's just she's it just sucks. She, yeah. she probably can't save up money to move anywhere, like, for a while. It probably takes time. And I bet he just won't leave. It's not like he's going to just be like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to go live nowhere. Oh, yeah. And you're going to ask this psycho to leave you? No, to, like, leave you alone? No. Oh. All right. So we're going to take a little break from this couple, okay? Okay. And we're going to go to the daughter that they gave up for adoption. Whoa, okay. All right. So, meanwhile, Denise, the daughter... She was living less than two hours away with her adopted family, and they had given her a new name, Katie. Katie, all right. So Katie Rose Fusco grew up in Wingdale, New York, about 75 miles north of Manhattan. And she lived there with her mom, Kelly, who was a secretary, her dad, Tony, who worked for the New York Department of Corrections, and her older sister, Nicole. Mm, All right. By all accounts, she, you know, had a very normal life growing up, a loving family. She was in a lot of activities at school. So Katie was super strong-willed and very creative. She was a vegetarian who loved animals, and her uncle called her Pac-Man because she was always snacking.
1: Oh my gosh, that is literally so cute. I love it. Pac-Man. I love, I'm so happy that she grew up like
0: this and loved animals because she did not take after her father. Amen. She organized a petition against her school's sexist dress code. So she was a cool person. Hell yeah. She's like, women should be able to show their shoulders. Amen. Men, stop jerking off to our shoulders. Yeah, do it at home. Like, do it. You can jerk off to all the shoulders you want in your bedroom. Yeah, freaking A. So anyway, uh, Katie was on the cheerleading squad at school. And above all, art was her passion. So she really loved to draw from a young age. And by high school, she was super into drawing comics, and it's kind of what she was known for. This girl's so cool. Yeah, she seems like a really cool person. And um, as a senior project, she developed a portfolio depicting the struggles of women throughout U.S. history. Oh, my gosh. So, just like a little badass. She's like the dream. That's like who you want as a daughter. Exactly. So, that's
1: her. She's so cute. She's like goofy. She's with her cat. She's like, oh, my God, she's adorable as shit. She has her father's eyebrows. (laughs) But not the brow bone. No, no, not the bone. Just the brow.
0: So in 2016, Katie was 18 and she had a clear path for her life outside the confines of her hometown. She aspired to work in advertising. So the plan was to graduate high school that spring, enroll in community college, and then transfer to university to get her degree. Ooh, okay. So she wanted to use her art in a way that would also make her money. (laughs) I dig it. But that future was derailed when, as an 18-year-old high school senior... Katie decided she wanted to meet her birth parents.
1: No, girl. No, you don't. Did her adoptive parents,
0: so her parents, know anything about the other parents? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I, I guess they knew their names because she was able to find them. But probably not that they were so yeah, not so. probably not the situation. Unsafe and whatever. Yeah. So Katie had first gotten in contact with her birth parents via Facebook the year prior And they had been talking and getting to know each other a little bit. And she decided to put her college plans on hold and actually move in with them in Virginia. What? Yeah. So in the summer of 2016, she moved to Virginia to live with Stephen, Alyssa, and their two daughters, who I think were 7 and 11 at the time. Okay. Yeah. So she was really excited to be, like, rediscovering this part of herself. And they were really welcoming. They welcomed her with open arms. So. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah. It's really tough. I'm so stressed. It's not a good story. No, I know. And that's why I'm stressed. I need cheese. I should have, honestly, like, we should have put out only fun episodes around the election time. Yeah, honestly. We're like, this podcast is literally about fucked up shit, but...
1: Enjoy it with the side of your brow bone and another side of fucking Trump trying Uh, to take over the world
0: like the lunatic he is. Amen. Okay, so back to Katie. I have this picture of when she first met her dad. Hmm. I mean, like,
1: if I didn't know... That he was abusive and terrible, I'd be like, that's cute. Like, yeah. They look, you know, they're awkward, but they're like happy. Yeah, I mean, she has
0: a big smile on her face. Yeah, you don't know if he's really happy, yeah. but... He's hiding behind a beard and sunglasses.
1: He's hiding behind a beard.
0: So the family loved having Katie around, and at first it seemed like things were going well. Alyssa was working long hours and Stephen was unemployed, like I said. So he and Katie had the chance to hang out and spend a lot of quality time together. Please don't. But by September, Stephen's behavior began to change. He shaved his beard and started growing out his hair, and he began wearing tight shirts and skinny jeans.
1: What? So he started
0: dressing, like, way younger than his age. Ew. Yeah, so this was very different from the t-shirts and light-washed dad jeans that he normally wore, like, in this picture.
1: Okay.
0: You know, it's nothing, like, too alarming, but it's just weird.
1: It's just, like, what are you... Why? What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Like, we already don't trust you. Like... Buy a
0: convertible. Amen. If you're having a midlife crisis. Right. Because he's like, I think he's like 45, at 46 at this point. Yeah. So he might be like, okay, I'm halfway. Halfway. Halfway there. It's a Hannah Montana quote.
1: It's like her favorite thing from like the one of the first three episodes. It might be yep. episode
0: one. I think it was episode one. She tells Lily that she's Hannah Montana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to this very serious and depressing story. Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay, so he was acting weird. Then six months later, the play divorce was finalized. Alyssa found her own place to live, but she and Stephen still shared custody of their two younger daughters. Okay. And Katie decided to stay there as well. Oh, I don't like her being with the dad one bit. You're not going to like it at all. In May, Stephen called Alyssa and said their 11-year-old daughter was acting out and he was concerned. And Alyssa was like, okay, I'm going to look through her diary and see what's up. Okay. Um, and what she learned sickened her. Oh, no. Here are some excerpts from the diary. Oh, no. Is this a trigger warning? Yes. Okay. The whole rest of this episode is a trigger warning. Okay. And sorry, how old is this girl again? 11. Okay. She wrote this about Katie. She said, she is pregnant and my dad calls her baby. Also, his baby. Did he make her pregnant? My dad even says she's my stepmom, WTF. He doesn't even want me to call her sister anymore. Katie is my sister. She's probably his wife now, but in nature, she's only my sister. Does she see me as a daughter or a sister? Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, God. So there's more. Okay. And another entry, she wrote, Katie is pregnant. Dad said they feel like couples. Did they get a little too drunk that night? My dad is a slut.
1: (gasps) Oh, her 11-year-old
0: This poor baby, I know. And then finally, one about her dad. He'll go to hell, but he won't be the one getting tortured. He'll be the one torturing people. Oh, my God. She literally thinks her dad is the devil. Yeah. She called him Satan in another one. Those were just the three quotes I thought were most chilling. I'm so fucking sad.
1: Also for
0: her. I mean. For everyone involved.
1: Except him. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. But, like, God, your dad is raping you. I mean, and is, like, trying to look younger to be with you so it, like, doesn't look as fucking creepy. Yeah. Ew. Ew.
0: And there's this, like, phenomenon, allegedly, that I don't remember what it's called because it's pseudoscience, so I didn't really care that much. Mm -hmm. Um, But people say that when two biologically related people meet when they're adults and they haven't been together at all throughout their lives, that they might be sexually attracted to each other because of some, like biochemical stuff yeah but there's like no actual evidence of that it's all anecdotal so
1: it's also though scary because when she moved in like I know she was technically an adult she was 18 but she's still a teenager and 18 is a lot younger than people think Uh uh-huh and he was used to grooming young girls yeah he had done it with
0: her mother right
1: he knew how to do it and especially if that like chemical whatever shit you know is a thing that added on top of it Plus her probably thinking it started out as being like, I'm having a close relationship with my father. Like, that's so exciting.
0: Yeah, because she grew up in like a what seems like a loving household. So she was probably used to being close to their parents and she was probably happy she had, you know, a similar thing. And he
1: seemed to kind of keep it on the down low until like, what, six months in or something. Yeah. So it's like you didn't He. it's not like you got there. He was a creep and you were like, "Ooh, I should go. Like you already had a close relationship and bond with him. So
0: apparently like right before the mom moved out, he had started sleeping or not right before, but a little before he had started sleeping on Katie's floor. Ew.
1: uh, So
0: that's a little concerning. That's a lot concerning. Yeah. Considering what happened. But also the fact that, you know, maybe he had been sleeping on the couch or something because they weren't sleeping in the same bed. So, I mean, not saying that justifies it at all. I'm just saying like, I could see why maybe the mom was a little less like maybe didn't put two and two together. Yeah. you yeah. don't want to believe that about someone.
1: No, totally. Oh, especially if you have two young daughters and like they've never said anything. Yeah. You know, she hasn't seen it with them.
0: Right. And you, are, you don't like him. You know, he's not a good guy and he's violent, but you haven't had that experience. And she's working nonstop. Yeah.
1: Like, she's exactly. barely home to probably see that. Exactly. By no fault of her own. Right. Fucking
0: Steven. Fucking Steven. So after reading this in the diary, Alyssa confronted Steven, who basically just said like, oh, I thought you knew. Oh. <gasps> He was so blasé about it. My
1: jaw just unhinged and rolled out on the ground like an old Egyptian scroll. He was... (laughs)
0: Uh. Yeah, he was actually, not only that, but he was like, oh yeah, we're getting married. I mean, no, you're not. Yes, they are. That's illegal. Well, you know, after this, Alyssa contacted the police, who interviewed the two younger daughters, but nothing came of it. Um, Why? Something comes of it later, but for a while, nothing came of it. Okay. So Alyssa said that she was terrified for her and her two daughters because now they knew what was up. He was violent and erratic, not to be trusted, a predator. He had firearms in the house. Oh. And they probably have shared custody, you said, right? Yeah. So
1: it's not like you can just take the
0: girls and leave forever because the court
1: would come after her.
0: Fortunately, she was able to take out a protective order against him and moved with the daughters so he couldn't find
1: her. Oh, yes. Okay, good, good, good. Because there's like proof. I mean, he's admitting to it. So it's not like they're like, no, he's not. A, a goon right exactly
0: i don't even know what word to call him there's no word strong enough goon is not strong enough. No. But still you should just bleep out every time we say goon and people won't know what we're saying oh
1: my god and now they're we're gonna be like goon squad and it's gonna be like beep squad <laughs> oh don't worry guys i won't do that to you no you know it's goon it's like you know what's good you know what's goon. <laughs> you know
0: what's goon Okay, so that summer after Alyssa and the girls had moved away, Stephen and Katie moved to North Carolina, which is where Stephen's mom lived. In late July, they got married and they obviously like lied under oath about their relationship.
1: I'm glad that she finally got to meet her grandma and Mm stepmom.
0: Yeah, it's great. Or you mean mother-in-law? Mother-in-law. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So Stephen's mom was at the ceremony, as were Katie's adoptive parents. No. So this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, how they were like, absolutely not about this relationship but because she's an adult I think they were probably afraid they were going to lose her if they you know objected too hard and so they just kind of went along with it so
1: Alyssa's parents should have stopped it when she was fucking 15 and going to live with him and now
0: Katie's parents need to fucking step in I know it's really upsetting and I like don't I feel like they're in some ways victims in the situation too and so I don't well later on you'll see why but oh, okay but yeah it's just it's very upsetting I don't know it's
1: horrifying. It's
0: like everything nightmares are made of. Yeah. So um, I have a picture of the wedding. So she was, you can't tell in this picture, but she was very pregnant. I mean, ugh. Also look, doesn't he look like a totally different person? Like you see the brow bone for sure, but.
1: Yeah, but also like, wow, he does look so different. Like he looks like he's trying to be in an emo band. Hmm. I'm sickened. Disgusted. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. But the other two a little less.
0: Yeah. So on September 1st, 2017, the newlyweds, Katie and Steven welcomed a baby boy into the world. And they named him Bennett Kieran Platel. Hmm. There's a picture. Oh, he's cute. He's super freaking cute.
1: Gosh, how did he not come out missing an arm or like having a, a dick on his forehead?
0: That shit happens after like generations and generations of... Inbreeding. Like it doesn't happen after one generation. Oh, I definitely thought it was. I mean, I'm sure there could be some abnormalities. I don't know, I'm not a scientist, but like the whack shit happens after a long time.
1: I wish it was the first round so people stopped
0: doing it. So this poor baby could be deformed.
1: Well no, so if other people had deformed babies, this baby wouldn't have probably shown up.
0: Hmm. Okay. Alright. So for a few months the family of three went about their lives just like anyone else, but all that changed in January 2018 when police finally arrested Stephen in Virginia. But they also arrested Katie and charged them with incest and adultery.
1: Mm. Okay. I mean, technically, I guess they would have to
0: because they're both adults. I guess. I mean, I don't agree with it. So here are their mugshots. You like? It's father and daughter, very clearly.
1: It is so gross.
0: Oh, my God. They look so alike. Yeah. Wow. He looks scary. He is scary. Ugh. So they both got released on bond pretty quickly under the condition that they have no contact with each other, and Stephen was also not allowed to leave the state. So Stephen's mom ended up getting custody of the baby, and Katie moved back to her adoptive parents' home in New York. Okay. But remember, Stephen lived in North Carolina, and they had gotten arrested in Virginia. Okay. So not leaving the state meant he would have to get a hotel and just stay there indefinitely. Oh,
1: not leave the state of Virginia.
0: Yeah, interesting. So they were like, okay, you can go to North Carolina on the condition that you can't return to the house that you shared with Katie. Okay. So he was like, yeah, that's totally fine. But there was no one keeping him accountable for that. So that's of course right where he went.
1: That's okay though, right? Because she didn't live there anymore.
0: Yeah, but he had multiple firearms there, and oh, I forgot he He was like
1: packing. Yeah, you know.
0: So, I'm not sure if they were still secretly talking after that. I would guess yes, but I didn't see any reports of it. Mm -hmm. But by April, Katie had decided to end the relationship once and for all. She called him and broke the no contact order to tell him that they were done. Okay, good. Yes, but not surprisingly, he did not take this news well. Okay, bad. So, on April 11th, 2018. Your birthday? Yeah. A rageful and violent Stephen Plattle picked up baby Bennett from his mom's house. This is where it gets really dark. Okay. I mean, it's already been dark. So he returned home and he suffocated his seven month old son, dumping his body in the closet. Oh, my God. Then he grabbed his AR-15, which uh, for those who don't know, like me, is a semi-automatic rifle. Got in his minivan and drove the 500 plus miles to Katie's hometown in New York. He arrived early the following morning, where he parked near Katie's parents' trailer and waited. When Katie and her adopted father, Tony, got into the car to go visit Katie's grandma, Stephen followed them in his own vehicle. (sighs) When Katie's dad stopped at a stop sign, Stephen pulled up alongside their car and opened fire. Are you shitting me? Murdering both 56-year-old Tony and 20-year-old Katie. Oh my god. Uh, So, shortly before 9 a.m., he called his mom and confessed what he had done before turning the gun on himself and ending his own life. Come
1: on. Come on. And now the adoptive mom just has to live knowing that everyone's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Katie's dead. Her
0: husband's dead. Her grandbaby's dead. So this is why I have so much empathy and sympathy, because obviously... They could have made better decisions for their daughter. But in the end, like what happened happened. And I just it's terrible.
1: I feel bad for them in that aspect, but I still don't exactly take back my feeling
0: about them not trying to stop this a little more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, they absolutely should have.
0: Yeah. Like, there's not really an excuse for it, but it's okay. But I guess, like, I don't know the situation. Like, maybe they did try to stop it, and then she was like, no, I'm cutting you out of my life forever. And so they were like, we need to have, like, a connection. Like, I'm totally speculating. I don't know any of this. But I'm just saying, like, there's a situation where it could be less bad. Yeah. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And that's
1: my fatal mistake. I know, right? I'm like, I do agree with you is that it's possible, but, like, I'm just confused.
0: Yeah. Well... Um, that was that, you know, he was dead. Mm-hmm. The baby was dead. Mm-hmm. Katie and her father were dead. And that was that. So what the fuck did Alyssa say? So Alyssa was obviously heartbroken about the whole situation. And she had like hindsight looking back. Now she's like, I can't believe I didn't see the signs. She said she did see the signs of him, like, losing his goddamn mind, hence why she moved away. Right. And she's she was super angry with law enforcement for not locking him down a little more when he was someone who had the potential to be so dangerous. But they were like, we didn't see any warning signs. And okay, even though, except him impregnating and marrying his daughter. I know. But he... He didn't have any records for, like, violence or anything. Obviously, he did in his personal life, mm-hmm. but not with the police.
1: It's like, don't you remember he used to put you in a cooler? What? I mean, she wouldn't remember that because she was a baby, but I'm just like, uh.
0: But apparently, Alyssa told her. Oh, I'm sure. So, I Yeah. to, like, warn her off, and she was still like, it's fine, it's whatever. That's
1: so hard. I mean, I have no... I, I couldn't even imagine what it's like to, like, be adopted and want to feel a connection to your, you know, birth parents, and I don't know what that yeah. struggle is. But, oh, I just wish... Something would have been in place for this to be stopped.
0: Yeah. So fortunately, Alyssa and Steven's two younger daughters are getting the support they need. So their mom took them out of school for a while, took them to intensive therapy. They're getting what they need to live happy lives. I love that. Yeah. So this is a photo of Alyssa with a photo. It's a photo of Alyssa holding a photo of baby Katie. Oh, and she said that all the years before she had met Katie, after she had to give her up for adoption, she kept this photo in her drawer and would just like think, I hope you're living a good life out there.
1: Oh, my God. Heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, that was a really heavy one. I want to end with saying something. So, unfortunately, things like this happen a lot more than we think and more than we want to acknowledge. So, as you probably know, a woman is most likely to be murdered by her abusive partner within two weeks of leaving the relationship. That's exactly what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to link some resources in the episode description for getting in touch with resources that can provide confidential support if you have experienced or are currently being subjected to any type of abuse. So, you know, it's very serious. Like I said, we make jokes on this podcast, but this is not a laughing matter.
1: No, it's not funny. It's all sorts of wrong and sad and depressing and nice one to put out around the election,
0: as we said. I've had this one bookmarked since before we even started this podcast, so I couldn't not do it. No, no, you have to. I mean, the world is ending, so. Damn.
1: Damn. Yeah. Well, middle fingers up to Steven. Yep. Katie, sorry, and Mr. Katie's dad, Fusco. Tony Fusco. Tony Fusco. Fusco. It might be Fusco. I don't know. Who knows? No way to know. I just thought he was Italian. I was like, Antonio Fusco. Antonio Fusco. Yeah, so that is just, and I hope Katie's adoptive mother is doing well. Yes, yeah, she and can. she
0: she does have a surviving sister, so. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. At least there's that. A okay. Small consolation. Yay! Um, not that one daughter can replace another. I'm not saying that, but. Right, right, right. Mom and dad, Taylor couldn't replace me, right?
1: Yeah, I could. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Re, 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 re. She's just shifting her eyes. Gum, gum. No, I'm dead. Oh, she's dead. Yeah. You need to be in rigor then. Okay, apparently rigor is when you roll your eyes back (laughs) and stick your tongue out. (laughs) I was very still. (laughs) You need to be like Frankenstein arms, like stiff. Okay, anyways. Who's calling me? Trump some fool saying Oh, just mom <laughs> melania wanted you to oh my god. Buy
0: my ticket so you could sit first row in my speech oh my god melania mentioned your name to me the other day and said you hadn't signed my list of my top 100 donors <laughs> melania said donald
1: why don't you let stephanie know that she should sign up for our email list so here i am to ask you stephanie here i am to let you know So anyway,
0: (laughs) that was it. That was our impression of the Trump marketing team.
1: Yeah, fuck them. They're annoying. They suck. They just like throw shit out there like, you want to be the first 100 to be
0: my best friend? Literally. And like, (laughs) we'll send you like a gold star in the mail if you do. It's so stupid, you guys. I don't don't even want to talk about this man because of election.
1: Yeah, so. Because of election.
0: Because of election. Sorry, we talked about him so much, but at least we were making fun of him. Yeah, we have so much anxiety about this, as I'm sure everyone else did. And, and now it's over or not. It might still be going. Well, I hope you're all surviving out there. Yes. Um, and next
1: time. We're going to give you some wacky headlines next time, which will, you know, lighten this mood a bit. So
0: sorry, you have to wait about a week, but you'll be fine. Yeah, we're going to give you a really nice palette cleanser. It's going to be funny, it's going to be goofy. And then we'll see where we go
1: from there. We will. All right. Well, peace out. And thanks for joining us on this bad trip.